Ghost note is a note that's played, but goes unnoticed, like so much of the work behind the music before it hits our eardrums. I'm Hannah Copeland. Join me for in-depth, honest, and unpredictable interviews of Kansas City's music makers, plus new music happenings to put on your radar. It's all on Ghost Notes via the Fountain City Frequency Network. Queen have been a creative couple in Kansas City for going on 12 years now. They've both been lifelong musicians, but it wasn't until wintertime three years ago, when confined to the warmest room in their drafty apartment, that Kimmy and Cody started plunking out tunes together on an electric baby grand. Since then, they've carefully selected four Kansas City musicians to join their heavy psychedelic-infused rock group, The Philistines. Cody writes most of the group's songs on guitar and sings. Kimmy is the group's lead singer and unofficial lead dancer on stage as well. They'll dive into how they transitioned from being taught that rock music was straight from Satan to making the devils work themselves, and why Kansas City's music industry, or lack thereof, is a double-edged sword. The Philistines released their debut full-length, The Backbone of Night, on Kansas City's label, The Record Machine, in May. This is Ghost Notes. Where'd you grow up? Um, my childhood, uh, as I was, a, I was a little kid in a small town in Oklahoma called Enid. Don't go there. There's nothing there. Um, I just went back last year, and and it had grown exactly zero since I had <laughs> been there. Um, and until uh, I was probably, I don't know, till I was probably around ten years old or so, till we moved, and then we moved to Jefferson City, and then we moved to Kansas City uh, immediately a year later. So I've some like the fifth or sixth grade on or so I've been from Kansas City. When did you get into music? Um, it's it's hard to say. I've always liked music. My family's always been musical and they've always played, um, but mostly country music. And there was, a, there was a lot of Southern Baptist religion when I was a kid. My family got away from, uh, my family got away from their family in Oklahoma and we kind of got mired in the church and some of the dogma that went along with that. And there was a genuine uh, fear that the devil actually lived inside of some of our records, a lot of our records, most of our records, actually. And so a lot of our records ended up getting destroyed. And we went to seminars where they put the record on the turntable and the guy would play it backwards and you'd hear some gibberish. And they'd go, you see? It sounds like, uh, okay, sure. scared enough people into uh, me not listening to you know any not getting to listen to anything but like gospel music um a lot of country music we were able to listen to some early rock and roll like buddy holly and and elvis and the beatles and stuff but 
pretty much this you know kiss was at their height right at the time and i was an eight-year-old that wasn't allowed to listen to kiss which was weird because i was the target market but they might have genuinely <laughs> have been demons you know there was a legitimate concern that they were actual demons so <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I didn't have a lot of that going on um my my mom's younger brother had a great record collection and i would kind of sneak in and listen to that whenever we'd visit my grandparents and um but that's where i really got turned on to like the beatles and stuff like that. And I guess Billy Joel, that was pretty edgy for me as an eight-year-old <laughs> to be listening to Billy Joel. Um, How much has religion affected the music that you make today since you both grew up um, with that impacting you? Um, you know, apart from like an interest in the in the kind of imagery and storytelling that it, that it has in, to do with it, I, you know, not a whole lot really. Um, a willingness and, and, and insistence on distancing myself from it has has probably uh, driven me into some corners that I might not have found. Why? Uh, just trying to get as far away from that as possibly can has led me to finding some interesting stuff. <laughs> what about you, Kimmy? Are you still a devout Pentecostal? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. Um, when did you drop that? Well, I... I, I think it was me working in record stores that kind of saved me. I, I ended up in that's the 90s. That's interesting terminology. You know, that's kind of back <laughs> yeah. that saved you. It from... saved me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was kind of in a very dark, controlled place when I was a fundamental Christian and um, very vulnerable to deception and... I had taken a break from my love of rock and roll music because it was of the devil. And I had gotten a hold of some kind of a message from this preacher that was in England at the time that was teaching you about grace, like um, all of this detailed stuff about Christianity and how he did not believe that all the condemnation, it was even biblical. And, and it kind of loosened that grip around my throat. <laughs> and I went and got a job in the 90s in uh, Street Side, Penny Lane, 7th Heaven. So I was in the record store industry when at that intense moment when everything was going crazy. Grunge was going crazy, rave music, hip hop was exploding. It was Kurt like- Kurt Cobain was still alive and anything was possible. Yeah, well then he died like immediately after I got the job. But like, it was a really exciting time and I feel like it saved me and got me back on balance. As a creative couple who lives together, are you really ever, can you really ever stop thinking and making art? No, it's you know, easier. You know, it's, way. it's, yeah, the, the, the difficulty really is, is, uh, is making the time for it, even with all, all of the, uh, just life stuff, you know, like, like, you know, dealing with making sure that the house is okay right? jobs jobs are okay and do, doing all of the stuff that you got to do is like when actually we have free time we usually spend that free time mm -hmm. making music and if if it's available we're making music with it generally we're putting just inspiration into or the putting well inspiration like the we well. watch a lot of films and cinematic um 
we we have a lot of visual things that we pay attention to, and then music we pay we listen to a lot of records. We have a very specific aesthetic that we that we pay a lot of attention. We to. We do, but we also explore mm-hmm. foreign film. We we have a lot of foreign film, and usually we're looking for um, creative lighting and shots over content, so very visual aesthetic things tell me about that because i don't i mean i'm such i'm sitting here i'm a radio host you know i i'm not as visual as i'd like to be so how do you translate the the films you consume into the music you make well uh, I'll, I'll go first uh, for me one of the things that i've always done one of the ways that i've always written is is it's strange and it doesn't sound I, i'm one of the few people that does it because it doesn't seem to make sense to anybody else but uh i will sit down in front of the television and turn the sound off and have my guitar and uh, and just kind of flip around until I find something that I like to look at, um, whatever it is. Um, and it's usually something science fiction-y or something Italian um, or something like that, something with a lot of style, something with a, that's with a very high style that I like to look at. And then I'll just start. It's I don't know if maybe I'm playing, attempting to write my own soundtrack to that, to that imagery in my head as it goes by or, or what if I'm doing. I just try to let the images inspire whatever chords I end up trying to make on the guitar. And then, um, and sometimes, you know, that sometimes that comes out more literally than other times, but yeah. So I just looking at, looking at things like that and sitting down and trying to play is kind of part of my process and always has been, but then it's actually, it's actually gone more so because since she and I started living together about, you know, five or six years ago, we uh we that's when we both realized that our aesthetics in that um were so closely related that we both really wanted to watch these italian movies all the time we both really wanted to watch these british movies all the time um and so started narrowing when i when i said before we have a kind of specific aesthetic um it's broad and we discover things but like we we kind of narrowed our focus into the things that we knew we were going to like we know we're not going to sh- be putting in hollywood blockbusters for inspiration so we don't bother with that a whole lot it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't it pop up on the radar very much so so we've narrowed our focus and now we still you know we still find a lot of things to look for but but yeah you know the work of you know directors like you know argento and baba, baba. and fulci and and uh, people like that have have definitely looking at that stuff has definitely shaped you know some of the some of the darker, more, um, I don't know, kind of spookier sounds that we kind of make a little bit. So the Philistines has had two lineups. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, Kimmy, you said that this second group has been very hand-selected. Well, yeah, I mean, that sounds like... I don't want that to come across wrong. Like, they, of course, the people involved wanted to be involved, too. It's, it's That sounds like... <laughs> they were drafted. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, they're such a part of the Philistines. Together, we make the Philistines. So, um... But yes, we wanted to work with these individuals, and we enjoy working with these individuals. Michelle Bacon on bass, 
Rod Peel on guitar, Josh Mobley on keys, Steve Gardell's on drums. I mean, it's them as individuals that helps this all work. And what makes a good six-person lineup for a band? Oh, boy. Um, clicking. I, I, clicking. Sound-wise. I have to tell you, it, it, when, when you say, when to go back just a second, when you say hand-picked, it, it, what we did was, when, when, we were, when we were talking about what we wanted to do, was said, well, I, let's not just audition people at random. We don't want to put an ad out and have people come over. Like, let's look at some people who we think that we would like to work with and then ask them if they would like to be involved as a part, as opposed to just like having people come in and see if they'd fit. And so we'd gotten to know some of these people um, fairly recently. Um, you know, they were, they were, except for Josh Mobley, who I'd been in a band and I'd, I'd toured the country a couple of times with him in, in our old band, The After Party. So I knew I got along with him and I knew I liked the kind of music that he made. But the other people were fairly new to us being friends. And so we just sort of, I could, well, what about this person? Yeah, I think they'd be good. And what about this person? Yeah, I think they'd be good. And so when we got everybody together for the first practice, the lineup has not changed since that very first practice. So, I mean, it, it kind of fell into place. The pieces, by, by the second practice, by the second time we practiced with them, we were like, okay, guys, we're a band. We're ready to say that this is the band. We're not looking for anybody else. You guys are the guys. is a complex band to cast for one and schedule for two do you have any you've given a lot already but do you have any more good advice for people who might be looking to you know improve the way that they they work function together as a band well one thing that we have going for us in kansas city right now there's a lot of good bands a lot of good music a lot of good artists and one one thing that's very wonderful is that Pretty much all of us are doing what we want to do. There's no industry holding a giant carrot over our head that we have to change our sound or change our look or change our material for, like in other towns with more industry. So that's not really so much of a problem in Kansas City where you're doing this type of music that you don't really want to do, you know, because it's pretty insular here, you know, you're probably going to just be playing to your friends in Kansas City. Unfortunately, I wish there was a lot more audience participation, but we're not quite there yet. You know, it's growing. So that's positive. But my just focus on what makes you inspired. It's that easy. Like, don't try to do a thing just because it's the thing going on. Do what brings it out of you. And if you focus on that, it's so much more easy and natural. So that would be my advice. I mean, there's you've covered the dynamic of bandmates. I would say don't worry about the trends. Just what is it that you feel the most? What do you want to express the most? And writing those things down is one of the easiest things you can do. I want it to feel like this. I want it to look like this. I want it to sound like this. 
it just when you're when you're a little bit clear with what your desires are and what drives you it's just so much easier to start in that direction that's just how I usually deal with artistic things. That's good. It's it's a that's good. I like that because it's um it's a lot easier to get what you want if you know what you want. If you've defined what you want, then it's a lot easier to get it. You know, a lot of people go, "I never get what I want." What do you want? Not sure. Well, then it's. <laughs> Kimmy, you said about Kansas City that kind of the lack of an industry here is a positive thing. It's Be- a it's a double edge. Tell me about the other edge (laughs) well okay which okay so the lack of industry makes it so that everybody's doing what they want for themselves which in a lot of markets that's not what it is they're trying to form into a thing that you know the american idol you have to be like this you know so here it's people who love doing what they're doing for the most part why that can be difficult, um, we do have some industry, you know, we've got great things like middle of the map. We do have a couple of record labels really trying to make Kansas City, put Kansas City on the map um, as a music town. So I'm not saying that that doesn't exist at all. And you're I'm on d- one of those record labels. Right, yeah. the record machine. But it would be nice to have... The place we live, Kansas City, recognize that this is here. Well, for example, there's no, um, there's no, in lack of industry specifically, you know, there's no booking agents that live in Kansas City. There's no agents. There's no managers. There's no A&R people. There's no people um, related to the larger record industry um, or, you know, the music world. I mean, there's people who work for... Uh, AEG, there's people who work for Pipeline, but there's not, there's, if you want to get a booking agent that's going to book you all across the country, you've got to talk to somebody in Chicago, New York, or LA. And, and that can make it difficult to break bands out of Kansas City because in Chicago, New York, or LA, if you meet that person, you can have them just come down to your show. You have to pay them. (laughs) You do have to pay them, but you can get them to come down to your show. We live in Kansas City. We can't even get them to come down to our show because they're not going to some cow town. They don't, you know, this is still flyover country to to a lot of people. And so it's hard to, to attract any kind of that part of the industry to this town that makes it difficult to break bands on a larger level, um, you know, and, even, and the kind of days of bands getting in a van and touring endlessly have been hampered by higher gas prices and, you know, declining sales and that sort like, of thing. Like, for instance, like a good example for me personally is every time I see the local band, the Grizzly Hand, one of the best bands you can see live. Great songs. Their records have great, consistent songs and it's all quality. When I think about how disenchanted I am with modern country music. I like, I I was raised on country music, so I like Willie, Waylon, Dolly, Loretta. So, like, when I see them, I'm like, if the world knew about the Grizzly Hand, maybe we can get that stuff off the radio called country music right now that isn't what I want to (laughs) hear from country country music. music. what if like the grizzly hand were on there you know like i feel like that could change the tide of taste and that you could see such amazing quality i mean they're kind of not exactly country they kind of they span a lot of different sounds 
Um, but because, you know, for instance, people aren't piling into venues to see all the great Kansas City bands. So yeah, yes, they come see the Grizzly Hand, but like... Yeah, why is that? I mean, you said earlier that you're you said you're probably playing for your friends if you're playing in Kansas City. It's true. Um, I don't know if it's taste. Um, people just like to stay at home and watch Netflix, or I don't know what it is, but um, it it can be a little discouraging, and I sometimes wonder hey, are we all a bunch of snobby VIP club people and we don't know we're, like, letting off this, we're too cool for school, don't come see us I don't play. know what club they're at, <laughs> you know, if they're part of the VIP club. Yeah, I mean, so I, I try not to be like that. I try to be open and, and, for instance, I've even said, hey, let's go play in the suburbs and not too many Kansas City bands even attempt that just because the it's not like they get the attention that they're requiring. Are the only places that you can play require you to do four hours and do mostly cover material out in the suburbs. That, that's kind of and that's, the nature of it. That's too. kind of the nature. And that seems to be, and it's not to denigrate anything, but that seems to be the case. That's what an audience wants to hear out there. They want to hear music that they're familiar with. Not a lot of people are as interested in taking chances on new music. Even, even for a $5 cover charge. I've seen people walk up to a bar and go, a uh, $5 cover charge for the bands like $5 nah never mind meanwhile you you know you're going to go download an album for you know $10 you can get the song for 99 cents but you can't pay $5 at the door and i i see that a lot but you know cover charges are higher than that but people people are hesitant to take chances on music that they don't already know the words to and you see that because i think i think a lot of uh you know commercial radio has programmed them into like here's the here's the 45 songs that you know and you're going to know them and that's all you're ever going to get to hear and so <laughs> people are used to this is what i get this is how i take my musical diet i take this stuff and it's fed to me and i eat it and i like it and on, on the positive though i mean there there are you know there's the bridge there's um they're playing local music along with other international national acts so there there are people who are championing the local music scene but i feel like if people really knew no matter what genre it is there's like somebody really good in town doing it you know so I, people just don't know what's here well, i think yeah. i think that i think that is starting to change a little bit though i I'm, I'm starting to see the tide finally finally fall the other way on that and this and i think that um you know, people like Chris Aguirian at Inc. have done have done a lot of great stuff of like championing the local music scene, putting like when he puts a puts bands out at the Kaufman. You know, um, mm -hmm. putting local bands out at the before Kaufman before the baseball and, or and, during the baseball game. I think or they're before the games before? that they play, but or whenever they play. But but that's putting put that's putting local bands. You know, people who are friends of ours, our contemporaries, our colleagues, putting them in front of audiences that would otherwise never get to see them, and. You know, we've got a lot more things happening like Middle of the Map Fest and Crossroads Music Fest and things like that are bringing in audiences that ordinarily wouldn't just like go to Davies to see a band on a Thursday night. It's just, you know, and and I think that culture has changed a lot. Like in the in the 90s, it was still people would just go, all right, well, let's go to the bar and see a band, wh whoever yeah, it is, you know, would like, get off work and end up at the hurricane, which is now the right room. And there is like a following for local bands and. 
and that kind of just for club you know people would just go to the bar and like i don't care who's playing we're gonna go see whoever's playing because that's what we do Mm -hmm. Uh, back in the 90s you know there was that was there was a kind of a large scene we remember that those days (laughs) we're not but but that but that i i think you know a lot of things like the internet the the accessibility to music that that the internet has brought is like i can get any song that i want anytime all of my favorite songs i can have right now you know why should i go out and stand with a bunch of people i know to m- listen to music that i've never heard that may or may not suck and so that's really kind of changed that whole culture of of going out for discovery um discovery has changed mm-hmm. um and you know for better or for worse it has changed and so it, it, it can be difficult, more difficult to try to pull an audience in. And I don't know if that, I, I don't think that that's a, a problem um, that is peculiar to Kansas City. I think that that's a, a worldwide or at least a nationwide thing. But the one thing that, that's here that's different than, from other scenes that I have been in is that the scene that we do have is strong and it's also populated by other artists. And so... When I do look out in the audience, you know, the people that I recognize are generally some of my favorite musicians, but they're also my favorite actors and they're my favorite visual artists. And so those people are out there commingling and the more that they commingle, the more great art that they will create together. And, you know, that can be intimidating. You know, if I'm if I'm playing guitar and I look out and, you know, three of my favorite guitar players are standing a couple of feet from the stage. I'm like going, oh, great. I get I I'm going to try to impress Chris Mech right now. That's going to be fun, you know, but or Marco Pascalini standing right behind Chris Mech. Like, good, good work, Cody. You but know, it, try to. But but that does. It makes me up my game and it makes me go, well, if if my audience is Chris Mech and Marco Pascalini, I've probably done something right. And so I better continue to improve and make myself better cause your progress to fast track yeah because when you look out there and it's not just some dude who's just there and it's oh wow these people are people that inspire me you're gonna get better faster and that's one wonderful thing that and like how i said there's a good band or multiple good bands in every genre. Whatever you're interested in, I bet there's that band is in Kansas City because I don't know how there's such a concentration of really cool bands here, but there are. And it might be our future might be different because of Kansas City's identity has changed. For people who've lived in the city for a long time, there has been a very <laughs> strong identity change. Right. and. Oh man, that's I'm what where where how's it changed? Um, <laughs> What's the change? The the fact that there's people walking around downtown after dark right now is just completely it, like, different. Mind boggling compared to like what even 15 years ago, 10 years when ago even. When we first got together, Cody was 12 oh years my God, ago. That's right. And the crossroads was extremely. Um, it was still pretty rough. And it's just, it's just become way more of a city, and I think that the more it, it can become more of a city city, then it will have a little bit more hometown pride and maybe want to support the local things going on a little bit more. I can remember a long time ago that, that I would routinely p- hear people who lived in Kansas City say how much they hated Kansas City and how they thought it was a terrible podunk town and they couldn't wait to get out. And and I was like, I would really like it here. I don't know what you guys were talking about, but the city had a real... Um, had a real self-confidence problem. It didn't believe in itself, and and it was and it was pretty run down. When was this? Um, you know, so probably back in the nineties. Um, and uh, 15, 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, fifteen, twenty years ago, and and 
And, you know, like, you didn't go downtown at night. You didn't go to the river market at night. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. You didn't go, like, like, uh, like we're, say, somewhere Unless like 20, like 31st and Gillum, <laughs> an, area, an area like that. You know, like, now there's, now there's sort of high-priced condos in a place where you used to find bodies. You know, and that has changed significantly. And and Kansas City's self-image it's has subsequently has changed. Its pride it's, has grown. It's gotten happier. And I feel it's like... It's gotten proud of being Kansas City. Maybe that self-love can help artists in the local music industry, theater industry, you know, all of these people who are artists trying to survive within this. I feel like the more that people who live in the Kansas City area know about what's going on and that pretty much every Friday and Saturday night I have to choose and it is hard there's at least three things going on every Friday and Saturday night that I have to narrow down yeah if you're if you're bored in this town chances are you're boring like it it might be a good chance that you're a boring person if you're bored because there's something for you to do. There really is and you don't even have to look that hard. Just kind of go out and wander around and Find where a bunch of people are, and chances are there's something cool happening there, you know? Kimmy Queen, Cody Wyoming, thank you for being on Ghost Nuts. Thank you. Thank you. You can see Kimmy, Cody, and the full Philistines lineup at their album release show on Saturday, June 4th, starting at 8 o'clock at the Living Room Theater in Kansas City. The remaining Philistines are Michelle Bacon on bass and vocals, Steve Gardells on drums, Rod Peel on guitar, and Josh Mobley on keys. Philistines KC is their website. This is the forecast portion of our show where you and I get to share musical events in Kansas City coming up before our next episode on June 16th with the hip-hop group Ebony Tusks. From today through June 4th from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m., Davies Uptown is hosting Center of the City Fest. It's an alternative festival that's been rocking in Kansas City for five years now. They boast a diverse lineup of folk, punk, garage rock, surf, hip-hop, and metal. Our future Ghost Notes guest, Ebony Tusks, is performing tonight, June 2nd, at midnight. For you early birds, Mudstomp Records is presenting Saturday's Storytellers with Sky Smead and Scott Stanton at Ollie's Local on June 4th from 5 to 7 p.m. It should be a folky evening of guitars and storytelling at a newish venue in Kansas City. It's from 5 to 7, so you'll have plenty of time to catch the Philistines and whatever else your social calendar can handle that night. The indie folk duo Shapiro Brothers is performing June 9th from 8 to 11 at Quintance in Waldo. I guarantee a packed Monday fun day of arty rock from Bent Knee, devilish tones from the Jorge Arana trio, and progressive Kansas City rockers The Great Vehicle on June 13th at 9 o'clock at the minibar. Thank you for your event submissions. Send us more on Facebook or Twitter or, of course, ghostnotespodcast at gmail.com. Ghost Notes executive producer is Matt Hodap. We had help with this episode from Jamie Searle. Matt Sullivan designed our website where you can find links to all of these performances and local podcasts. It's fountaincityfrequency.com slash ghostnotes. I'm your host, Hannah Copeland. We record at KCUR 89.3 Studios. Studios.